What's up, good people? My name is Jordan Malone, the host of TMI, the podcast that is all about teaching, motivating, and igniting your spirit. And welcome to another episode of the Midnight Drop, a weekly Saturday midnight series that's all about talking about the world uh, and what's going on around it, our country, everything that's going on, just my perspective on life in general, a lot of funny stories, serious stories, things to take away from. And tonight, I'm really excited for you guys to come in. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, really, all we're going to be talking about is just uh, what's going on in current events, what's going on in our world today, spreading the message, uh, extending out from what I said in the last episode last Sunday, and also just talking about some other things going on in my life and other stuff that I have in mind for you guys to really listen and take away from. Uh, I'm really excited to go ahead and tell you guys what's up and everything. I'm very excited to get this another episode up. Uh, let's go ahead and get going with the recently new intro to my podcast made by DJ No Tag. Let's go ahead and get into it. Alrighty then, let's go ahead and get into this new episode of the Midnight Drop. Very excited to go ahead with this third iteration of this special segment that I most dearly love. And yeah, man, it's been a crazy week. I mean, besides the current events going on in our world today and just with all the things that we're fighting for as African Americans, as a country, as, a, as, a, as human beings... Uh, it's been a real crazy week uh, for me and everybody else going around. And if you guys didn't know that I made an episode uh, last Sunday regarding what was going on, my perspective on the Black Lives Matter protest, uh, all the rioting, the looting, how I felt about the police officers uh, murdering in cold blood George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. If you haven't given it a listen, go ahead. I, I urge you to listen to it to uh, basically learn some new things and to actually uh for those who are kind of in between it get a new perspective on just why we're fighting for this and why we're taking this fight to the streets and you know after that episode we continued this whole story this whole this whole fight for equality for african americans this whole entire week and i'll say this right now it's been it's been it's been a it's been a it's been a lesson and a journey, man. It's been something uh, to add on top of the crazy things that's happened in 2020. Just label this as the chat the ch- we can label this chapter as the fight for African Americans, African Americans, African Americans finally uh, just ha- had enough of it. I want to come up with a good chapter title for this because I feel like this whole year has just been a book of crazy shit. That's what I would say, bro. Like, that's that's all I would say in terms of this situation. But, um, no, man. Like, uh, even with the crazy stuff going on, like, when you look at these protests, a lot of good has come from it. Like, I don't think the media has really shined on it a whole lot. I think they're shining on just... In the beginning, they were shining on the rioting, the looting... Uh, more police officers just attacking, uh, attacking protesters, peaceful protesters, and everybody else. And you know that's, that's still news, but the news just really, they really taking this to look at just the negative. But when you really look at the positive, it's like some a, a lot of good things have happened. Like a lot of politicians have opened their eyes to it. Uh, not the ones that, not everyone, not all the ones we need, but. A, a good amount to where we're getting this point straight across to them. Um, there's actually been news of police departments being defunded uh, by mayors and by the city. I know the LAPD, uh, the Los Angeles Police Department, got defunded $150 million. I think it was around 120 to $150 million. Uh, and this was made effectively by the mayor of Los Angeles. And that's actually really freaking dope that's actually what we've been fighting for uh and that's one of the things that we want to see happen uh as we move forward uh as as people living in the united states of america 
And not only that, you've had countries all around the world. You've had different ethnicities, genders, uh, social groups, uh, organizations, uh, big companies, celebrities, just everybody just fighting for equality for African-Americans. And that's actually something that I, I may have said in my last episode. I may have said in my last episode, just regarding everything that's been going on, that in different protests, it just kind of seemed like us and in like pockets of other minorities and white Americans. And you had some celebrities talking about it. Now it seems like everybody's on board and it's getting people's attention. And that's actually really, really dope. Like you've seen John Boyega. If you don't know who he is, John Boyega is an actor that's been in a lot of prominent roles. Uh, his most prominent one was in Star Wars. He plays Finn, uh, the Black Stormtrooper. And he uh, led a protest, I believe. He, he led a protest in his home country, London. And he really, he was really serious about it, really emotional. There's been a lot of videos flooding on social media, which is him saying that he's fighting with his brothers and sisters. And fighting with and fighting for his brothers and sisters. And that's just awesome, man. You've seen numerous NFL, NBA, MLB athletes go out and join for the fight. That's really dope to see. You've seen, you see a whole lot of celebrities and athletes go and fight for us. You see the Amish, the Amish, sorry. You see the Amish fighting for us, which is weird because they don't really believe in technology. So I was just like, how do they even know this? You know, like... I had someone tell me this. I had a friend tell me this. You know you fucked up when the Amish come out here and saying we need to stop all this murdering and killing. It, it's crazy, man. So, yeah, I got you got that going around. You actually have black-owned businesses being supported very heavily right now by uh, the communities. Um, it, it's really nice to see. Now, me saying all these positive things aren't going to go away from the fact, aren't going to go away it's not going to negate the negative that's been happening. We still having police officers attack uh, peaceful protesters. Uh, you still have certain politicians that really don't give a crap that pretend that this is just dogs and criminals just trying to take advantage of all this stuff just looking at the, the negatives the media just spews out and also you still have people that think that people are doing way too much african americans just need to be fine what they're doing and actually taking this whole thing into a different conversation that's not even that's not even what we're talking about and this actually transitions over to uh an nfl player said uh, drew Brees. Drew Brees is a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he's one of, considered one of the best NFL quarterbacks of all time. He is l basically the face of Louisiana. He's the face of Louisiana. He's the face of New Orleans. And it's like the reason why you say he's the face is because, number one, you know, he leads NFL football team to multiple winning seasons, even if they don't make it to the Super Bowl. But he, he does all this stuff. He does a lot of things for the community. But the biggest thing for me is that he's been a leader for for the city ever since uh, Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, where he led his team to a Super Bowl, where he basically uplifted the city and did everything he could. And, you know, he's a great guy, awesome leader and everything. But what he said this past week really hit a nerve to everybody, including myself. And I'm a big football fan. And what he said was, it was a response to a question on Yahoo Finance uh, regarding the flag, regarding kneeling during the national anthem. And for anyone who doesn't know, and I figured everybody would know, I'll just give you a quick recap. Another NFL quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, who sadly isn't in the NFL, needs to be in the NFL, uh, started to kneel during the national anthem in almost every game to basically make people aware of the injustices and the inequalities and the police brutalities of African-American males and females, African-American people in general. And there was a huge debate about people that you shouldn't kneel for the flag because you're disrespecting American veterans, American soldiers, and just 
this country, this great country that we're in, that we live in. And other people are just like, you don't. That's not what we're. That's not the point. We're trying to raise awareness of police brutality, of the murders and the lynchings of African Americans. And you have people like Drew Brees said that I'm not really for that. I think you're disrespecting the flag and everybody that fight for it. And the question was asked on Yahoo Finance that if he's still, how does he feel about the kneeling? How does he feel about kneeling during the national anthem still? And he said that he would never agree with somebody kneeling uh, during the national anthem that is disrespecting veterans. He brought up family members that fought in certain wars and everybody just went on an uproar uh it kind of you just had like a whole conversation like on my end on social media all i kept seeing was and athletes just bury him just say like you you have really just bs'd everything about this whole fight have you and you had just everybody else just disappointed in him because again he's the he's the face of new orleans He's the leader of that team. He's the leader of the city. The leader of that city. So it's just really like when you go ahead and say that, you just undermine everything that we're fighting for and you totally are just ignorant of what you're of what you're saying. You're ignorant. You have an ignorant way of thinking. And that was the main thing going on. But you also had uh, this other half. This other half that was saying, why can't he have an opinion? Why can't he say what he want to say? And um it led to a couple of debates, man. But like, ever since he made those comments, like, yo, he got, he got buried. Social media got buried in talk shows. He made an uh, an apology, talking about like what he said was ignorant and it was dismissive of what was going on in the country today and including across the world, and that he needs to sit down and listen and learn about what what we're all fighting for. Why do we kneel during the national anthem? And then. It actually turned into a video on Instagram, I believe. And then he wrote a message to Donald Trump because Donald Trump saying said that uh, he felt bad for Drew Brees kind of just being bullied into having this different opinion and all this stuff. Like A, a lot of people on the side I was talking about who, who thought that he should have an opinion said that he was basically bullied into apologizing and saying that he needs to listen to all this stuff, which isn't true. Like, come on now. Like you can get flacked on and everything, and you need to listen. But no one's bullying you just for, just to, you know, you saying terrible things. What you said was dismissive and ignorant. So it's just like people are gonna get mad at you, but people want you to understand what's going on. There are people who are gonna react, but there are people around your circle that's gonna make you learn. And that's what they were trying to do for Drew Brees, and he learned, and he's learning now. And he, Drew Brees, basically tagged Donald Trump on an Instagram post saying that we need to actually listen to african-americans and figure out what we can do better and you know like donald trump good old mr president uh dude did not respond well and there's a whole lot of things going on that motherfucker but we're not even gonna talk about it because that leads into a whole different segment that i'm not even gonna get into just watch the news and you can figure that out my guy that's all you gotta do but yeah, so I mean, in a in a, in a in summary, this whole thing has really like made us some pretty good progressive uh, moments in American history, and I'm really happy about that. And you know, we have all these protests, we have protests going on in Nashville, and I really am happy about that. I really, really am. Um, but like if you had to really detract from everything that's going on from there we got to go on to something else a little bit more upbeat i know this probably isn't for anybody but hey good news the nba is coming back for anybody who doesn't know i'm, I'm first of all i'm stoked as hell the nba if anyone who doesn't know the nba is coming back uh i believe at the end of july where they're gonna play uh the remaining eight regular season games and then the playoffs at Orlando, and it's going to be a 22-man uh, like tournament that they're going to do. They're going to play in Disney World's Worldwide of Sports or something, which sounds pretty legit. Uh, and they're going to have basically these teams that they invited who are basically eligible for the playoffs and teams that can fight for an eighth seed or something, and they're going to play on those playoff in that uh, playoff race, and it's going to be really, really interesting. And 
you know, the last time I watched some basketball was when it was the week that I guess the NBA like suspended and everything just kind of went to shit real quick with the country. <laughs> and, you know, I just remember like they made that announcement that the NBA was going to be suspended. And I was just like, oh, my God, think this is crazy. This never had happened. Like I, I had been there when the NBA went on a lockout, but it didn't really hit me that bad because it was like the NBA went on a lockout. I think around like 2011, 2012, it was the year that the Bobcats had the worst record in NBA history at that time. And it was just one of those things that like just I, I, I couldn't comprehend. It sucked, but we ended up having a pretty good season where my Miami Heat won the NBA Finals. But if you actually go to now, fast forward to now, we've never had something like this. We were like at the tail end of the NBA season. We're all ready for the playoffs. And the next thing you know, it's season's canceled because COVID-19. And it's just like, well, damn. Just like, damn. But now we're getting the season back. And it's just like, damn. We're a lot of it. it it's awesome to hear. <clears throat> and it's not just everything opening up. It's not just them opening up back up. Uh, we're, you know, states have been in this process of reopening, uh, reopening themselves and trying to get back to normal and, or like try to form into this new normal we're going to be in for a little bit. And, you know, you have states saying that, you know, you can open your restaurants and shopping malls and everything at half capacity. Uh, people can actually start going to the gym again, going to nail salons, hair salons, hair barbershops, going to the park. Uh, you still got to maintain the rules of social distancing and health standards for COVID-19. So there's that. But you know what? It's just the fact that everything's opening back up. In the beginning, I was scared because I, you know, myself, everybody, myself included, just felt like everything was opening back up too fast. Now you fast forward to today, I'm still kind of worried because I feel like we're opening a little bit fast, a little bit faster than we need to. But around this time when you see cases actually dropping, it's actually pretty good. Uh, but that's the thing, though. That's The other thing that scares me about this whole situation is that ever since we've had protests for Black Lives Matter moving, the news has kind of not completely, but have almost completely disregarded uh, any COVID-19 news. Like I remember two weeks ago that we were just pumping out news stories about COVID-19, about how cases, even though they weren't as high as before, that things were just going in and out, like just it's a big deal and everything. I think around that time, Brazil was a new hotspot, or well, Mexico and Brazil were a hotspot, South America in general. And when the protests started rolling around, and the fight for injustice started rolling around and everything. It just felt like the news had just shifted. And we get new, we get some news reports talking about, oh yeah, like just gonna the, the second wave of uh, COVID nineteen cases are gonna be really high because people are protesting. Which I, I do see that happening a little bit. It sucks, but I do see that happening. But. Also, you just see some stories about a little bit more of the positive about there, there's a there's a vaccine on the way that we're going into the third trials of, you know, certain COVID-19 vaccines, which are it's pretty dope. We might get them around September or October, which is nice to hear. So we may not have to deal with this new normal the whole time. But just the fact that we were reopening so fast and everything and just getting the fact I still don't think that quarantine is over. I still think quarantine is still a thing. I think people are trying to get out because we have been in the house. We have been inside for a very, very, very long time. And no matter what, it just feels like COVID, as long as COVID-19 is still there, we're all kind of just quarantining. Uh, I guess people are now trying to adopt this new way of living where we can do all the things we used to do before COVID-19. But we're still going to basically be a little bit safer we're gonna be more hygienic if you're not really hygienic if you're not being up to standard with you know social distancing uh you're gonna be looked down upon and i think that's what we're all kind of shifting into i don't think that the world is going to become this forever but it's going to be here for a while uh, like i said i really want to go back to the gym i really 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 want to go back to the gym i really want to go back to school and everything but 
like most people, myself included, I want to be safe when going there. I rather would have a situation to where we have a vaccine now or we don't have cases of COVID-19 anymore and I can just go in and I have to be safe and not have to worry about how to, I don't have to strategize how I'm going to go work out with these gloves and this mask on and sanitize everywhere I go. Like, nah, friend. No, nah, like, I don't want to strategize. Like, nah, I don't want to do that. But we're going to be in it for a long haul. So it is what it is and we just got to keep going. And, you know, like I said with the protests, Gotta look at the positives and keep your head up, man. It is what it is. But yeah, the NBA's back. Uh, everything's reopening. And yeah, man. I mean, the world is still crazy. It's still different. But I'm trying to look at all the positives. And I mean, and that's, that's just something good that's for mental health. And if I had to go back to my life, really in general... I would say more about just the fact that I'm like still on a job search, but technically the stuff that I'm doing now, I can consider that my main job. I really been considering it my main job. And I know I've talked about this in the last two episodes. The first episode I talked about how I got, how I quit my job at Kroger my, on my first day of applying, my first day of working there. In the second job I was in, I was talking about other jobs. I was applying for everything. Um, this third episode, now we're at a point where I have a job where I'm delivering food, uh, different food products to across the city of Nashville, and I'm still looking for another main job. And when I say this delivery job that I'm, these delivery jobs that I'm doing for other people they're actually really really dope this isn't something like DoorDash or anything like that this is actually me delivering other people's products to different to their customers the first uh the first business I'm doing is a is a food is a food business uh made by one of my mom's friends and she actually does like this plant-based uh meal plan and I don't get paid that much I actually do pretty well on it it's a good job just for like relaxation, not doing too much. But the fact that I was able to get that job and just do that consistently every consistently every week, I'm actually very happy about that. It's actually really, really good to hear, man. It's just it's just real nice. But that actually turned into a, another job opportunity with this other lady named Courtney LaCourt. And she's actually one of the sweetest people you can ever meet. Uh, she goes by the Cheese Gal. That's her company, uh, Cheese Gal, where she makes like these cheese plates and cheese boxes. And I actually get paid a really good amount of money. It's really, really, really awesome. Our products are amazing too, and that's just, that's just, that's just, that's just icing on the top. Everything about it, man. So like working with both of those companies and doing a little bit of DoorDash actually brings me a good amount of money that I'm very blessed to have. Uh, I just remember that I was taking a huge risk from quitting my job at Kroger, not because I've been working there for years or something, just because I finally got a job after like months of looking for a job and I finally got one and I was just like, this ain't working for me. And I was just like, am I really, should I just kept my job at Kroger? Should I just dealt with that? And I'm just like, nah, I need to keep going and you know, high risk, high reward. And I guess I got with the high reward. <laughs> Doesn't mean I was struggling for like a week, a couple weeks or something, but I'm doing pretty well. I'm still looking for another job. I've recently applied for like places like Publix and places like that. And, uh, you know, I really want to try to save up enough money for, you know, for the YouTube page that I have going on later on. And for anyone who doesn't know, I'm trying to make a YouTube page uh, that I really want to get running. Uh, I've been coming up with ideas of how to do TMI on YouTube as a visual podcast and also something else and uh i've been saving up a lot of money for some of the equipment you know the equipment to actually do well with it the camera the lens lighting all of that stuff and um you know me going through all this saving money and looking forward to the future i'm just remembering about how you know specifically on april 14th i started my podcast tmi teach motivate and ignite and you know 
from then on, I've made this with multiple platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, iTunes, uh, all those places. And, you know, now I actually have a website where I post up my, my blog, uh, the other episodes, all that stuff. And I'm actually like really, really, really happy about where this is all taking me. I'm really happy about where this is all I've all it's been at, and trying to do this YouTube page is something uh, a next achievement I want to achieve at. Uh, but if it's one of the things I want, I can take away from this podcast, just this whole process is how hard it is to actually get viewers, actually advertise, actually uh, get people to listen to it. Uh, as you, my audience, you guys. Uh, I'm very grateful to have an audience like you guys. Uh, whoever listens to these episodes uh, any other time when they get the chance to, I'm very grateful and I'm thankful for that you guys can listen to it. I appreciate all that you guys can. Uh, without any of this, it would have been without you guys. But, you know, I always try to advertise this podcast and I always try to get out on the front door and get people to look at it and it can be really hard sometimes man it can be really really hard it's just like with any other business uh in the beginning you're not going to get as much customers you're not going to get as much uh consumers and i guess for this podcast i'm not getting as much as i thought i could well not i thought i could i knew that it was going to be a little bit hard in the beginning but me starting up this podcast in the beginning i was like i know i'm not going to get that many people i can get some people in but i never really thought how hard it would be to actually retain an audience and that's something that i'm learning for podcasts and everything that's something that i actually you know started to learn and start realize when it comes to people make starting out their dreams that aren't really like traditional or anything like that uh, i actually remember when people started becoming djs right people actually started doing their own businesses their own orgs and all that and how we always kind of like say that's awesome that's cool but we always disregard it later on down the road and just say like oh that's something they're doing but they don't really support it we don't really support it all the way and i used to be one of those people and actually thinking about it now when i actually reminisce about it now uh, during this whole quarantine me doing this podcast i realized uh i kind of feel those people's pain because it's just like you can tell as many people as wanted about your podcast you can advertise as you want you can put up my i can put it on my instagram story all day every day and out of the small amount of people who look at it, it's just like they won't even listen to it as much. And you have to realize that you're going to have to work harder, harder, and harder to get people to listen to your podcast, to look at it, to give you feedback and all that stuff. Uh, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to sound like you need to listen to my podcast. You don't. Everyone has, everyone is free to listen to what they want to listen. And you know, I don't want to like be ungrateful or nothing like that. I, I definitely am grateful for people who do listen to it. I'm happy for that. I'm really thankful that you guys do it. It's just now I'm at a point to where I realize how hard things are and how much you got to work at. But I also do realize that this is the challenge and this is the fun that I do like trying to find new ways to change my podcast, change my brand, TMI, into something that it can be enjoyable for all you guys to listen to. And that's just something I'm really happy about. And doing segments like this, uh, the Midnight Drop, where I'm basically just pulling up my computer, I'm recording this at midnight, and everything. And not only is it just like a way to just relax, but it also feels like a way to just practice my craft. You know, in the beginning... You know, I had some things down. I felt pretty good, but I knew that I could be a whole lot better. And as episodes go on, on and on, I'm actually getting better and it actually feels great. It's awesome. And that's what it, that's that's a lot of things when it comes to in life. When you're trying to learn new things, just practice repetition. Practice repeating actions and doing all that stuff time after time after time again. And me, me doing these episodes like almost every week. It's been something. Now, I haven't been very faithful about doing these episodes every uh, Tuesday at 12. I haven't been very faithful. But I realized that I can't put myself in a straining schedule. I got to do them like at least every week and do them every Tuesday, most definitely. But um, I can't go super crazy on the time, you know, things that I got to do. I'm not doing too much, but the things that I got to do as well as deliveries and all that stuff. And... 
Um, but just the fact that I just keep doing it every single time and I get better as time flows on, I just feel a little bit happy inside. Uh, people have been saying that I do a really pretty good job. Uh, I can do a whole lot better when it comes to how excited I can get, not trying to be super monotone. Uh, but that's just how it is, man. That's just really how it is. You know, me going into learning how to do this podcast was really, I was really nervous. It was really hard because I didn't know how good I would be in the beginning. I didn't know if I would completely bomb this. I didn't know if I would completely uh, just be super naive. But like every step of the road, including people who have definitely helped me out, uh, who I'm very appreciative of. They are the best people I could ever ask for. It's just doing this podcast has been different. And down the road, besides doing a YouTube page, I want to start doing other things. I want to actually talk about certain things that I like. I actually want to implement new ideas. I want to bring people along. Like almost every day, I always think about how the midnight drop can not just only be me. It could be like two to three other people. And we can just sit down and just talk about what we know in life and everything. And it'd be the dopest thing ever. I would love to be a part of that. And, you know, down the road, we'll see where it goes. But, like, I'm really, really happy. I, I really want to see that happen. I'm really, in the end, I'm just really happy about me having the guts and the balls to really do all of this and to get this podcast running, man. I'm really, really happy. I'm really, really happy. And my motto is put in 110% whatever you do. And I'm putting 110% to this whole podcast. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. And I guess besides the podcast and besides the deliveries, uh, I'm thinking about my future. I'm thinking about things that I want to do when it comes to life, when it comes to uh, what I want to do after college. And uh, I guess this is a serious moment. I don't know if I've been really humorous in this whole episode, uh, but, you know, it's been kind of a little bit serious in this whole episode. I get something else about my future, and the only reason I bring this up is because uh, when you've been in quarantine for so many months, and you are now basically a senior in college now, it, it's... It's definitely something you're going to start thinking about. And uh, as some of you guys know that I go to Morehouse College. I'm a bio major, Chinese minor. Uh, I'm fixing to go into pre-med. So obviously for pre-meds, I would be people. They would study the MCAT. I should be studying MCAT now. Uh, But reality, it's been a very bumpy road. Uh, to doing that where I've completely told myself that I'm going to study the MCAT but I'm not going to push myself to try to take the test uh, this summer and that's actually a decision that you know that might change or something like that but I'm I might I'm basically just sticking to it a little bit and the only reason for that is because I you know this whole past year has been crazy um you know, the first semester I took of my junior, first semester of my junior year, I took 21 credit hours, didn't do so well, but I was, it was good enough to pass all my classes. Second semester, I was able to um, take 15 credit hours. I did so much better in my classes, but the whole thing that I was dealing with was trying to take the MCAT, and I was trying to take that test so I can get into medical school. But almost every option that I had Either I couldn't do it because people were looking at my grades and said I need to do better on this uh, in my classes, or I just didn't have the money for it. So I was completely running myself ragged studying for the MCAT and just putting myself in this deep rabbit hole to where I was just stressed out all the fucking time. And when COVID, when the COVID-19 finally hit, it, it just felt like everything was put on pause. Now, a lot of people started keeping tabs on what AAMC, and if you don't know what that is, AAMC is the, uh, the site where it's, the, it's an organization that actually distributes, makes and distributes the um, uh, MCAT test across the globe, across the country, and 
it was a uh, we had a there was a lot of technical difficulties on there and about testing dates and all that stuff and it actually felt like every single day i was just seeing people uh pre-med students just going crazy about taking the mcat and getting to med school man it was crazy and at that moment i started to really realize you know i want to be a doctor i want to help the community and all that stuff but have i really given myself time to really do what i want to do have i given myself time to really realize that there's more to just a, a test there's more to just trying to go into this linear path going to medical school there's all this other stuff it's not like i'm saying i'm gonna totally give up on medical school and do all these other things but like it's like what my mom said god had given me god gave me a chance to really look into what i wanted to do and actually be patient with myself to think about what i really want to do in life what else do i want to do besides becoming a doctor so having said all that i continued classes around that time and since classes have been over, people have been like, okay, you can study for the MCAT now. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I want to study, but at the same time, it's just like, I'm having fun where I'm at right now. Uh, like, I'm not having fun being at the house the whole time. Fuck that shit. No. <laughs> no. But I am having fun doing this podcast. I am having fun uh, learning about myself. I am having fun taking walks uh, in my neighborhood out into the trail uh being one with nature in a little bit i am having fun having meditation moments i am having fun just being me and i just felt like this whole quarantine this whole year has given me a chance to look at who i really want to be and it's not like i completely forgot i've completely just forego everything that i want to do I just started to realize like what's really important and what I need to get going. And that actually this whole this whole situation actually led to a new blog post that I'm that I want to post up uh in a, in a little bit talking about what we want and what the community wants. And I kind of just go into a little bit. It's more just about like how college students especially african-american college students we can go into college wanting to do something but there's always this thing where our family members people or even just people or just african-american leaders saying that we need more of these people in this career path engineers doctors lawyers but then you realize you know you have people who want to do that wholeheartedly but then you have people that are saying that i don't want to do that i want to go into the liberal arts i want to be a journalist i want to be an author i want to be a writer i want to be a dancer i want to be an actor all these other things and i also want to do like psychology and all that stuff and people kind of look down upon that because they're either very risky they're high risk high reward career opportunities or they don't give you that much money uh or they don't give you that much prestige and it's just it's something about that where it's made me lead to a conversation about like going to college for ourselves and going to college for other people and that's and actually something i want to type up and do a blog and do a blog post about but yeah like regarding my whole situation like when i really think about my future i think about yeah i still want to go into the medical field i still want to provide help for that but there's a lot of other things like i want to do some of the jobs that i was working towards since i was in high school that i really won't get into it as much but I want to go into that job and really excel in that. I actually want to do well. I made this promise uh, for my dad that I wanted to excel in that job, in that career path, but I never really got the chance because I was so focused and doing well into these pre-med classes and trying to make sense of this crazy stuff. And I actually want to do things besides this podcast that actually make myself well-rounded, more whole. Uh, I actually want to make achievements and other things that I've been wanting to achieve in. And just that in general, I I, I want to do well in that. So I'm not saying this is all taking a back seat, but I am deciding to take the wheel and actually steer course into other things that I really want to do. Uh, I know that if I would have told somebody this, they would have looked down upon me or would they, they would have just smiled in my face and said, oh, OK, do what you got to do. Uh, and then once I leave behind my back, they would have been like, that nigga, uh, dumb motherfucker. And at that point, you can say whatever you want, but I'm doing my life. I'm doing what I want to do. You know, now, 
please give me your feedback. Criticisms, comments, concerns, criticisms, all that. But at the end of the day, unless you're you're not unless you're giving me something that's really going to help me in my journey, I'm gonna still do my journey. So you know that really that that just comes down to it, and really just about life and everything. But uh, if there's anything else I want to talk about, lastly before I end this episode, uh, I mean just in general, uh, I actually want to get into one of the things. I've been thinking about this really fun fact, this really fun topic I thought about. I'm a sports head. I'm a sports fan. I go to HBCU. So one of the things I would clearly think about is actually uh, athletes going into HBCUs, athlete like high school athletes going to HBCUs to play ball for anything, whether it be NFL, MLB, NBA, all that stuff. And ever since these Black Lives Matter protests have started, um, more high school athletes, college athletes have started considering going to HBCUs to play ball over there. And this whole, there is this whole big debate, this whole big thing about we need more high profile athletes, uh, young athletes going into HBCUs to give recognition to HBCUs and schools to give us money and all that stuff. And it actually dates back all the way to the conce- conception of basically basketball and football, uh, mainly basketball, where we had these high profile profile athletes going to schools like Tennessee State University, Morehouse College, North Carolina A&T, Tuskegee, uh, places like that, and they were actually doing really, really well. And then PWIs, uh, predominantly white institutions, basically just said, hey, dude, like people like Will Chamberlain, uh, we'll give you all of this money to go to our school and not go to HBCUs. And that's what really happened. That's what really changed the dynamic. Just the whole money aspect, the whole money game when it comes to recruiting young basketball players, young football players, young baseball players, all that stuff, all those types of people to go into PWIs rather than HBCUs. Because the thing that I, I guess you would say at first glance is that, wait a minute, HBCUs are all black institutions. Why is it that these HBCUs are in low-level Division One, uh, low or either Division One colleges that don't really play schools like Alabama or stuff like that. They're in like these kind of mid-tier or low-tier uh, conferences, or they're in Division Two conferences. And then for some schools, they're in Division Three. In some schools, they don't even have athletics, and. Why are, why do we have these high profile African Americans going to PWS right in HBCUs? Well, it's just one thing we don't have the money for that. We don't have the money to for these kids. We don't have the same opportunities, and you know when I really think about it, it's just like how can we get more? How can we get more African American athletes to come to HBCUs? And it's just you have to really push hard. How can we help you get to your dream? And we really have to make more money for that, for the for the schools, not for them. We don't want to get in trouble by the NCAA, but we want to make enough money so that we can try to renovate and renovate our workout facilities, uh, gyms, all them, all those places. Give them opportunities to where they can do well in the classroom and on the court and on the field. Or whatever sport they do. And, you know, this whole conversation leads to money, money, money. If you don't have the money, you're not really going to get the things that you want. If you have the money, you'll get a whole lot more things and then some. And for HBCUs, the biggest thing about us is that either we don't have as much money as PWIs or we just don't have that much money at all. And really, if you think about the schools that have money like that. I would say North Carolina A&T, Southern, or maybe, I don't know about Southern, Southern, I don't know about Southern, Uh, oh, fuck, (laughs) Alcorn State, but you you see how hard it is to really think about a school that got money, because in in reality, we don't have as much money as we want, we want, so when you have these athletes kind of looking at schools, we, you know, all these HBCUs can send them offers and everything, but it's like, eh, they ain't got that much money, bro. They ain't got that, that nice facilities. They don't have that much amenities. It's like you go to a PWI, 
an athlete goes to a PWI because they had all these great add-ons. Like they have this these great locker rooms. Like there's this video about LSU that have like this locker room that have like their own beds, they have TVs, ping pong tables, all this stuff. Uh, we ain't got that at Morehouse. <laughs> we ain't got that at Morehouse. Like, oh, you want a bed? Oh, you can go to uh, your dorm right across. You can go to your dorm right across. We ain't got we ain't got TVs in the dorm like that in the locker rooms like that. We ain't got it like that. Um, we don't have all those extra amenities. We have the culture and we have the brotherhood at Morehouse. At other schools, you got the culture and everything else they got. We don't have everything like PWI, so like it, it doesn't really attract. But it actually goes to the biggest thing besides the money. With that money, you're able to have opportunities for athletes to do well and go to the big leagues. And this is something that I've said to people, to some people that I've actually caught flack, flack on. I've actually been criticized on a whole lot. But I said this. You can have an athlete doing really well. You know, you know, he, he can have this high-profile athlete. But if you don't have the facilities, the people, or the opportunities to get that person into the NBA or the NFL, or the M- and the MLB, the NHL, or any place, it, it's not going to work well. It's going to give a bad image. You know, we have, like for my school in particular, we, we have, like, we had a couple people in the, in the NFL but we didn't have that much. They didn't do that much to say that like they're NFL stars or Pro Bowlers or anybody like that. No, we didn't. Like I always make this joke that John Washington's considered one of the best uh, Morehouse football players of all time, running back, uh, Denzel Washington's son. Once he got into the NFL, he became a professional bench warmer. He said, "F this, I'm about to be an actor." Now he's considered one of the best African American actors we have today. And it's just like, damn, was that bad for a brother, bro? It's just damn. But it's just that we got all these guys going to NFL training camps, becoming professional uh, practice squad members, or they go into the G League and they, they do all this other stuff and they move around. And I'm just like, how can we be better at that? Like, we do have schools that produce these great athletes that play in the NBA and the NFL right now. You got Tariq Cohen that's playing for the Chicago Bears, a running back. He's one of the fastest running backs in the NFL right now. Playing him in Madden is like, Madden is like a cheat code, my guy. Uh, you have Darius Leonard, who was defensive rookie of, the, rookie of the NFL. Well, defensive rookie of the year in the NFL last year. He was awesome. Plays for the Indianapolis Colts. Went to South Carolina State. Uh, Robert Covington uh, plays for the Houston Rockets. I remember him with the Philadelphia 76ers, where he had this big contract. He's considered a great defensive player and a three-point shooter. 3 and D guy. Went to Tennessee State University. Isaiah Cannon, I believe, went to... Uh, went to an HBCU as well, I believe so. I believe you had Shannon Sharp. You had a bunch of other guys go to HBCUs, man. A bunch of guys went to HBCUs. Oh, the biggest one, Steve McNair. I believe Steve McNair went to Alcorn State, I believe. And played for my Tennessee Titans in the NFL. Was freaking awesome. And you still have some HBCU athletes becoming prospects, high-level prospects. Well, not as high-level, but the problem is, is that we don't have that dominance. We don't have that dominance like we have, for, like PWIs have, and that's what we're trying to get to. Have more, have literally a 50-man roster and a 50-man football roster, a 53-man uh, football roster, and we have 35 of those guys get into the NFL. That's what we're all trying to do here. That's the whole goal. And I think that with this whole process, what we wanted, this whole this whole whole process, I think we can all get we can all achieve it a little bit more now because these protests are actually promoting people going to HBCUs, especially young athletes, and that's actually something I I, I'm I like to see. It's actually something that I'm really happy to see. I'm really happy to see that, and. We're gonna to get to a point to where there's gonna be a major shift. Not a, I don't. I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen right now. I mean, we might be surprised because, you know, might be surprised if we get a turnout. But 
still, you have to think about all these other things. These young kids want to go into the professional sports realm. If they have a, if they can find a way to bypass college entirely, they're gonna consider it. They're gonna even take it, maybe. So I wouldn't get my hopes up like it's gonna happen entirely. It's, there's still so many things to to work out. Still, so many things we need to change as HBCUs, as, as institutions. But I feel like we're in a pretty good direction. That's another good thing to take a pot. Another positive thing to take away from this uh, this whole uh, thing that's happening in our world right now. Uh, but with that being said, thank you so much for listening to the third episode of the Midnight Drop, a special segment uh, that's all part of TMI. The podcast is all about teaching, motivating, and igniting. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to listen for this uh, episode of the Midnight Drop on all platforms, which is Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Anchor, and also please visit the official TMI podcast website at the official TMI podcast.com. Uh, you can go ahead and search that up on Google where we have new blog posts. I have a new post uh, out as we speak that is all about uh, a day alone from the world. And you can also listen to the newest episode of the Midnight Drop on the website as well. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Stay blessed, stay safe, stay you, and please, please, please fight on for greater good. All right, peace, y'all.